Wednesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Mark Schofield back in the house with me today. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, the dynamic duo. The I don't know what we need a nickname, man. How about that? We got to crowdsource that. It's a, it, it can't be something too over the top unless it's so far over the top that people know it's just not true. But we we need we need something. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of where we can go with this. I mean, it's it's tougher to do nicknames, I think, for two people than three, right? Yeah, because, you know, Trio, Trilogy, I mean, those just kind of the big three. I mean, those just kind of fit. You Boston know? Three Party. I mean, th- yeah. th- there's there's lots of stuff out there for three. With two, it's kind of, I mean, you got like Shake and Bake, Duo Magic Man tandem. and El Diablo. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of where we can go with this. It's uh, it's something we'll have to work on. We'll, we'll deal with that down the road. Uh, let's get into a little bit of football here. Today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film in order to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To get one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. And you get one free game if you sign up today. Mark, what are, what are, what are we chatting about with your uh, during your triumphant return to the ring? What's the, uh, what's the focus going to be on today? I'm going to dive back into some SEC stuff, kick it off with a little Florida Gators action. All right, a little, little bit of Gators here. Are we talking uh, offense? Are you sticking around with some of the defense you've been talking about recently? No, we're going to flip back to where you know I feel most comfortable in the pocket, and that's talking a little offense, specifically sort of the, some of the passing concepts that uh, Jim McElwain has brought to Gainesville. Uh, McElwain, formerly, well, most recently the head coach at Colorado State before coming to Florida last year. I took a look at some of their film from last year. Um, as well as went through one of those um, coaching clinic presentations Coach McElwain gave um, this past offseason where he talked about some of these offensive concepts. So I went through some of their tape, found some stuff that I liked, some stuff I really liked uh, that we'll dive into, and kind of broke that down for our pioneers out there. You know, that that's not half bad. And and, and let's let's talk a little bit. For, for those who are not familiar uh, with McElwain, obviously this is his second year as the head coach at Florida, ten and four last season, seven and one in conference. Talk to us just a little bit about the the general offensive feel that he tries to put out there. What what type of offense is he running? Just before we dig deeper. Well, I mean, uh, he brought over sort of a uh, spread type attack um, that they had been running out in Colorado State. It was very effective for him. And this was a team that um, got to the sec title game and even went through a sort of a quarterback change mid-season they had will greer yep uh was their starting quarterback and he has the ped suspension they put in treon harris who's more of a runner than a thrower especially if you watch some of their tape still managed to get them to the sec title game where they you know lost to the eventual national champion alabama crimson tide a lot of the stuff that they do is sort of you know what you expect to see you know either in college or in the pros they run some drive concept they attack the middle of the field that way they run you know, there's some spot concept and things like that, which we've come to see pro and college team uses using. Um, but they do some cool stuff off of that. One of the things that I really like to see was I called them spot variants. They're not – one of them is a v- true variation of the spot concept. The other, which we'll talk about first, is it almost looks like a verticals concept, but it starts out – it looks like spot. You know, spot concept, you've got a deep corner route, you've got that snag route, which is sort of like a slant that stops over the middle, and you have a three rece- uh, third receiver release of the flat on the outside that gives you a nice what they call triangle read. Those three routes sort of set up as a triangle on the field, 
And most teams read that from the flat to the spot route over the middle, to the snag route over the middle, to the corner route. That's kind of the progression that you go through. The first variation that they rolled out there was against uh, Tennessee. They had sort of three receivers to the right side of the field. They have one guy start kind of towards the inside, and it looks like, oh, he's going to come over on that snag route and stop over the middle. But then he basically bends vertically and comes over in the middle on a post. You have another guy released deep on sort of a corner route, that vertical route, which you would expect with the spot concept. And then the third receiver, you'd expect him, if they are running spot, to release the flat. And he starts that way, but then turns it sort of into an out and up, and they get three vertical routes out of it instead. So I thought that was a nice little variation of it. When, when you talk about this, are these run just as the pure routes you described, or is this something where they might run these as option routes where, look, if, if you end up with a soft spot in the zone, you sit down on either one of those under, underneath routes? They are more likely than not, they're called routes. They do have option routes in their system, one of which we'll get to is sort of the Y option concept that Mac O'Rain addressed during that coaching clinic presentation. He did a very colorful job describing what the tight end is supposed to do on that play, and we'll get to that. But I think, at least in this route that I just described, I think these are called routes. The other sort of spot variant, this might be an option one. This was also something that ran against Tennessee in that sort of comfort-behind win that they had. Florida wasn't doing a lot offensively in that first half. Um, really kind of turned it on late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And in that fourth quarter, they faced a fourth and six, and they come out with a bunch formation, and they run what really looks like spot. They've got the snag route over the middle. They've got the corner route from the tight end. And they got that guy in the flat breaks to the outside. But at the last minute, stops on a dime and cuts back over the middle on sort of an under route. And that's a really nice variation of the spot concept because you get a defensive back in this situation who's kind of draped all over that flat route. He's got the receiver covered, but if the receiver has the ability to stop on a dime, quickly change direction and cut back over the middle, that's a nice, easy throw. It beats the coverage. You can get quick separation on that because it's a tough turn to make for a defensive back, and that's exactly what happened. That's When I saw that route, I really liked that little route design, and that possibly – is an option route for the receiver. He might get taught, you know, coaching pointer, hey, if that guy's draped on your upfield shoulder, stop on a dime, work back to the quarterback over the middle, and he'll look for you, look for you coming back towards him. I want to go back to the uh, the first variation that you described where effectively this gets turned into three verticals. We hear an awful lot about coaches moving their players around the field in order to try to get them in the matchups they want, but this seems more to be just trying to find different releases to get into familiar concepts. Is that is that the way, the right way to look at this? Just you're you're doing something different off the line, but ending up in a familiar concept still. Yeah, and and that's something I also talked about when I talked about how Florida likes to attack the middle of the field, particularly on the drive concept. They'll do it with two receivers out of a trips, and they'll have both of these guys lined up coming from the outside over the middle and get usually that middle trips guy, that number two receiver is usually a slot type guy, get him on that underneath route, that shorter crossing route where he gets to work on linebackers. So you're basically sort of drawn up a situation where you know you're going to get potential, you know you're going to get a mismatch because you're going to get a shifty sort of slot type on a linebacker over the middle underneath. Folks, today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, helping coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can use from any PC or any mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, not someone else's, 
and you can create custom highlight reels and exchange video with anyone on any platform, including all your own players and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one free breakdown today. Mark, one of the other things that you touched on uh, briefly uh, was one of the things they did. Uh, I believe you were talking about a, a, a Y option route. Uh, I think that's what you said, at least. I'm trying to look at my notes yep. and I can't really read them here. But yep. talk to me a little bit about what you see there that's a little bit unique. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much that it's unique. Um, a lot of teams run sort of some sort of Y option concept, whether it's stick, uh, whether it's just this sort of Y option design where, you know, we see it with New England. They let Gronkowski release sort of eight yards up the seam, and then he has a choice of what to do, sit down versus zone, find space, run away from man coverage. McIlwain has this concept in their playbook as well. And where the way he coaches it is basically, you know, he tells his tight end, I'm just going to tell him to get open. You cannot be covered. You will find grass. If you want to run, you will run away from man coverage or run it to green grass versus some zone coverage. Whatever it is you have to do to get open, that's what you're going to do. That's the route you're going to run. And you can see it break broken down in the article. Basically, you know, if he sees man coverage, if he feels man coverage, once he hits that dip, depth of eight yards, he turns it towards the sideline and races towards the sideline to try to get away from that linebacker trying to cover him. If it's an underneath zone, then he just turns around and finds a nice little soft area between the linebackers and expects the football. I mean, it's a very sort. It's almost like backyard football. You know, when you're playing like with your friends when you're like growing up or schoolyard recess, and it's just you know, I'm going to go get open. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's just that is part of the play. This one receiver, the tight end, has a Y option route and. He finds green grass. That's his job. What do these variations that you see here tell you about how Jim McElwain wants to go about winning football games? Well, I, I think it's not. I think first and foremost, it tells you the McElwain has some interesting concepts to run, and he's starting to get the, some great, talented playmakers to execute them. I mean, now he's in the SEC. He's got you know guys like you know his tight end McGee. He's a pretty athletic move type tight end, um, and now he's got the perfect play to use him with, which is that you know Y option route where he can you know trust that this guy is going to get open. I mean, the big thing that Florida was missing last year, and you particularly saw this down the stretch. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say trying to write an article on Florida's passing concepts using Treon Harris's film was a bit of a challenge because Harris was kind of this quarterback that. The, set, the split second things didn't look right to him. He was tucking and going. And this is something that I could identify quickly because it was like, you know, it was like reliving sort of my, you know, horror show days as a quarterback. Show, I didn't so. want to go there, but it, yeah, it, as long as you're there. doing it yourself, I mean. No, that's... I mean, but I mean, it's true. It's one of those things that I mean, I've been in that moment. I've been in that situation where the second you don't it doesn't feel right where you don't see that first read come open you're like i gotta make something happen with my feet you don't trust yourself to go through the progressions and that's that's frustrating as a player when you're sitting there you know monday afternoon breaking down the game film it's frustrating for the coach who's sitting there on the sideline saturday afternoon it's like look we've got routes drawn up run the play go through your progressions you know, it's a tough thing to try to get a quarterback to do. And when this is the only option you've got because of suspensions or injuries or something, it's got to be doubly tough. So now, you know, they just named Del Rio their starting quarterback. They've got somebody that McElwain thinks can run these concepts. And now it's just a matter of do they finally have a quarterback 
who, like Greer, was executing them early last season, who can execute them for the duration of a season. Obviously, last year was McIlwain's first year uh, in f- with, with Florida here. And I'm curious because, you know, as coaches start to go deeper into a run with a team, they get more of their own guys there. They're able to do their own recruiting. What types of wrinkles do you think he looks to build on uh, as he continues to really leave his imprint on this Florida offense? Well, I think we're going to see more option routes, uh, more adjustable routes as he starts to get guys in the system, guys that are comfortable with his offense. You know, when you have a new coach, I mean, you get only so much time before you really start running these plays and you're starting to, you know, get them in live action. You know, now they've got a whole offseason under the program. I mean, they'll have guys that can adjust routes on the spot. I mean, McIlwain basically wants to have guys with a couple of different options on plays if possible. I mean, guys that aren't tagged with the option route can still make adjustments. So when he draws draws up Y option, yeah, I mean, the name of the play is the tight end with the option route, but the other receivers can make adjustments as well. I mean, if they see press coverage and they have an, an out route that they're supposed to run, they can adjust that to a go route. If they've got a post route in the middle of the field, is closed they adjust that to a seam now from the film and just watching it from you know fifty thousand feet you can't tell if guys are making those reads you can see the y option you know you can identify that but it's tougher to see if guys are actually running or making those adjustments but with a year under their system you know another offseason another preseason camp i'd expect to see more of these types of option routes for all these guys you see it at the nfl guys make adjustments on routes all the time i mean it's it's you know, sort of something that happens in almost every snap where routes get get adjusted, whether it's a tight end, an outside receiver, a slot receiver with option routes. Now, McElwain's going to try to, I think, increase the number of times that re- or the number of opportunities for receivers to make adjustments based on the coverage that they see in the secondary. In terms of the, uh, you know, obviously, I know you talked a little bit about uh, the quarterback play and how you saw some inconsistencies last year. What'd you see from the skill position, guys? Anyone catch your eye on film as you were going through? I mean, I like McGee, the tight end. Um, I think he made some some nice plays for them. Um, I think he's in that sort of move tight end um, sort of mold. Um, Antonio Callaway, there's been some off-field concerns with him that are they're, I think they're in the process of getting sorted out. I don't know if he's going to be reinstated or not. There are some questions there. But at least on the field, looks to be a guy that can play pretty well. Um, the guy that ran that under route that I was talking about um, – was that Callaway? Yeah, yeah, it was. No, Powell. Yeah, that guy. I mean, I'm looking for his full name here, but he was another guy that sort of jumped out on film. Um, where's his name? Where's his name? I can't find it right now. You know, I, I tried, man, but uh, I'm just drawing a blank on that guy's name. But he sort of um, jumped out to me as well. You, you put a good effort in on it. In, in any case, I know uh, I, I was looking at their uh, recruiting before this. I know they've brought in a couple wide receivers uh, that were, were ranked pretty highly. So I'm curious to see if any of them can get on the field as true freshmen. I know that, you know, as, as receivers, you can occasionally see that just because you don't have quite the physical development that you would see, uh, you know, on the line or in the box or something like that. So you wonder if maybe you see a little bit more of uh, that young talent making its way onto the field, especially being McIlwain's recruits here. You know, obviously something to, uh, to think about there. Any last thoughts uh, on this Florida offense before we uh, wrap up and uh, call it a day here? I mean, the, big, the the sort of other question mark that's facing this offense is, you know, they had Taylor, the running back. Um, he was a senior last year. They're going to have to replace him. Um, I'm 
haven't seen anything definitively on who's going to take that job this year. Um, but, you know, this looks to be shaping up like it's a pretty good offense. Um, you know, that SEC East is going to be tough, I think, with uh, Tennessee looks pretty good. Georgia, who, you know, I, I've got a piece up on on their toss sweep. Nick Chubb looks to be coming back. Um, there might be a tough game, too, for them. Um, but this SEC East looks like it's going to be a pretty good division this year. All right, very good. Well, uh, what, what do you got coming next? You've pretty much wrapped up the uh, the SEC. Almost now. there. You, you've Almost got, what, there. I think maybe two or three teams left? Yeah, um, we're going to have something on um, Vanderbilt linebacker Zach Cunningham, um, working up something on Arkansas, um, sort of you know some of the passing and running schemes that they use, and then final two teams, uh, Mississippi State and South Carolina. Not too Almost shabby. There. Not too shabby. Right on time, just ready, just in time for the regular season, huh? That's how we roll. Outstanding. That is it for us for the day. We are out of time. Mark, triumphant return. Back in the ring. Good to see you, buddy. I knocked off the rust a little bit. You know, I actually knocked off the sand a little bit. You know, that beach sand, it sticks with you a little bit. It's good to have you back. It's always fun flying solo, but there's nothing like the tag team getting ready to roll again. We are done inside the pylon, the Quick Kicks podcast. We're wrapped up for the day. Back at it tomorrow here. We got Kyle Krabs from NDT Scouting coming in, talking about the preseason senior outlook on the Thursday edition of the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.